If I could describe to give my life tour in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Give My Life Tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanco. Welcome to the Give My Life Tour. It is me, your host, Lydia Blanco, and I am so hyped about you joining me on this stop. Okay. If I sound a little different, it's because I do. And shout outs to you if you notice, because you were a real one. You've been rocking with me. Okay. So I sound a little stuffy because I'm fighting a cold. I like to think of myself as undefeated, but this one is really trying to take me out, y'all. But you know what? I was like, we're going to have to be on this tour with cough drops, hot water, and a little bit of lemon. So thank you for joining me. And thank you for bearing with stuffy, Lydia. Okay. But it's so important to be consistent, y'all. So it was my civic duty. Really, but not really, but really to, you know, record this episode because I really want to talk about loosening your grip and knowing when to let go. This week, I had a really intense time here in New York. And I've been thinking about how do I share this experience with others? Do I want to, you know, close friends and family members have, um, have been with me, um, as I've like worked my way through this experience, but it is something that I want to share with you here on tour. So here it is. I recently was on the train traveling back to Harlem after, you know, meeting up with a girlfriend and, you know, networking and getting my last bit of summer on the rooftop in here in New York before the seasons really change and full, the full, the fall is here. So I am making my way uptown and I am transitioning at one of the stops to get, you know, on another train. And I noticed there was a gentleman with three large baskets. And I'm not sure where you are listening from, but here in the States, we have these push carts. Um, that you can purchase individually and you use to shop or do your laundry, things of that nature to transport things. So I I looked at this man and I noticed that, you know, he may have had some challenges, you know, with his mental health. He for certain um, did not have, you know, a steady place to live. So, you know, by definition, he was homeless. And I immediately began to observe him and it was put on my heart to pray for him. As I was observing him, I noticed that he was looking um, closely at his items and thinking about how he was going to get them all on a train at one time. Now, I immediately, you know, began to pray for him. And I was like, "Mm, how is he going to do this? This is a lot for one person to carry now. If you know New York, the subways in New York are just difficult for no reason. Not every stop has elevators or, you know, an escalator, especially here in Manhattan. I don't know if there is a station with an escalator. There could be. Oh, I can think of a few. Anyways, they're further down. And 
I just kept thinking, how was this man going to get all his things on a train at one time? Now, I know that wasn't up for me to decide, but I was watching him and I am a compassionate person and I empathize with a lot. So the train arrived into the station and the man began to put his things on the train. About at the second basket, he began to struggle and the conductor, you know, wasn't paying attention and was on schedule. So he began to close the doors. Now there was a man who attempted to hold the door for the gentleman the the first time. So I was like, okay, shout out to the Good Samaritan for holding the door as this man gets his things. So he's struggling with the door. Imagine a man stepping onto a train, putting one basket onto the train, struggling to put the second basket onto the train. Then imagine someone else holding the door for them. Now imagine after the second train, excuse me, the second cart being on the train, that the man who was holding the door decided he no longer wanted to. At this point, the gentleman who was attempting to get his third basket on the train turned around and saw that the doors were closing. Y'all. At this moment, my heart was breaking because this homeless man had two out of three of his carts on a train and the train began to take off. His hands were stuck in the door. As his hands were stuck in the door, he began to run with the train. My immediate thought was that I'm going to see this man lose his life because he is literally being dragged by the train. And I began to scream. And particularly at the man who was once holding the doors. And I'm sorry, y'all. I know I'm saying and, and, and. But it's really hard telling the story because it was one of the scariest things that I've seen here in New York, especially as it relates to MTA. I'm so used to seeing people pass out or, you know, someone getting into it or the street performers or just some foolishness. Um, not this, that the street performers are foolishness. That's not what I'm saying. Um the train performers, but I'm used to seeing a lot happen on a train, but I've never seen something so traumatizing to, you know, I've never seen something so traumatizing. So this man is running with the train and at some point he gets his hands out of the door and you can hear him screaming because two out of three of his baskets were on the train. So in true Lydia fashion, I questioned the man, why would you do that? And the man began to laugh. And I told him, that is not funny. And there was an explicitive or two in that, you know, in me checking the man. And he told me, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's New York. I often describe New York as a very interesting but difficult place. You can come to New York with your dreams or with a couple of dollars to your name and either you'll make it or you won't. Or in some cases, you know, you've migrated here from another country um, and you've made the most out of, you know, what has been handed to you and you work extremely hard and maybe you live here generations later, you know, this is your your home. Or, you know... Maybe the odds are stacked against you, right? And clearly the odds were stacked against this man. 
and I could not believe what I had just seen. So I was furious at this point. The train took off. The man was released from the train. He was at the station with one basket and two were on the train with me. So I was like, Lydia, either you can, you know, continue to tell this guy off. You can't put your hands on him because you're still a woman as upset as you are. And even though you think that you can take him. So, you know, I saw red and I saw the blood of Christ and I saw the blood of that man. I was like, okay, let me choose the blood of Christ. Okay. So at the next stop, I pulled his baskets off the train. I didn't know how fast I could get to this man, even though he was only a stop back, but is, you know, blocks away. So I pulled his things off the train, pulled them against the wall, ran up the stairs, out of the station, half a block back, down the stairs to wait for the train. I just missed the train to go back down town, and I was, my heart was racing, y'all, okay? So with two minutes until my train would come going back towards the direction of the man, an uptown train was approaching the station, so I had my eyes peeled to see if I could identify whether or not the man was on the train. By the glory and the grace of the Most High, the man was on the train and I was praying that he saw his things on the platform. At that time, made a split decision again, ran up the stairs across the station and down the stairs again and made my way through the crowd. And people were looking at me like, why is she sweating? Why is she running? And the train conductor kept the train in the station because he assumed that I was running for the train. And I was just like, where were you on the last train uptown, right? But I saw the man. So I don't know the mental state of this man. I told you I already guessed what it was. So I approached him and I waved at him and, you know, I asked him if he was okay. We had a conversation about, you know, whether or not he was good. And I told him very intimately that if there is ever a matter of life and death and all that you have is involved, please choose life. I told him how scared and afraid I was when he was caught in the train and was running. And I didn't know if he was going to survive that moment or not, but I knew that I had to protect his things. You know, in full transparency, I am someone who has experienced housing insecurity, and I know personally what it's like to not know where you are going to spend the night. And I've shared that, you know, with people close to me and as I speak to others publicly. So it's something that I'm not ashamed of at all. People fall on hard times, and that is a very real thing. And I always empathize with people or sympathize. I, I'm, I'm a little um, cloudy right now, but I always relate to people who have fallen on hard times. You know, in my short time here on earth, I've learned that, you know, life happens and you can either happen to life or life can happen to you. If you live a good life, maybe a little bit of both happens and you can overcome that, right? But this man has yet to receive his second or third chance. And you can tell by just looking at him. So, you know, I figured this this man told me his name. We had a conversation and he shared, you know, I didn't want to get hurt. 
I just couldn't imagine losing my things. And I was, you know, letting him know that the most high is always looking out for you. And, you know, he asked me, can I come to your church? I said, of course. And I was able to bless him in that moment and speak life over him. And the moment where I lost it was when I was able to share with him that I know what it's like to lose everything. And I know what it's like to not feel like anyone is watching over you. But you have to let go if it's going to cost you everything. And in that moment, I could tell that we clicked. Like there was something that connected in the both of our eyes. And I know that was a very long story, but after that, y'all, I broke down, okay? I broke down. I exited the train station, literally like exited through the turnstile. And at the bottom of the stairs, I could not contain my um, my breakdown. Like I was weeping and I could, I could not catch my breath. And I just kept thinking about how important it is to let go, even if it means it's going to cost you all that you have. Sometimes loosening our grip is what is required to hold on to who we are. You know, the material things, what you've worked hard for, what you feel is owed to you, what you've inherited, aren't worth who you are. And I knew that whatever it was that that man possessed those three cards was all he had to his name. But the moment he let go of his hands being in the door, regardless if he made that decision or not in that moment, but he knew he had to let go, right? One of his cards at that moment was worth more to him than all three of them. And, you know, all these things began to come back to me. I thought about the woman biblically with her coin. You know, the one coin meant a lot to her. And, you know, the prodigal son and, you know, the shepherd and his sheep. All of those moments came back to me. And I thought about things that I've lost. There are some questions that came to mind when I thought about what it means to let go, right? And these are some of the questions that I asked myself and I would, you know, pose them to you as well. And the first question is to ask yourself why you are holding on to whatever it is, right? Oftentimes, we can't really fully receive what it is that we... um are meant to have because of what we're holding on to. I remember this illustration once um, at a church I used to attend and, you know, they were talking about holding on to all of these coins. And it's like, okay, you're holding on maybe to, you know, $15, $20. And I, it, the correlation had to be tithing at the time. But it was like, are you willing to give up this $15 or $20? And the person's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but then, you know, the visualization or the example was this like, what is it? A, um, 
it was a container of change and they began to pour it. And the value of the change was worth more than, you know, the dollar bills that was in the person's hand, but they weren't able to really receive that because their hands were holding on to the dollars, right? And I say that to say that we can't fully receive what was meant for us when we're holding on so tightly to what we think, you know, we have to keep, right? So ask yourself, why are you holding on to what you're holding on to so so securely? And then, you know, evaluate um, what you could open yourself up to once you let go. Now, my second question I, you know, I have to ask myself and I want to pose to you is, is the thing that you're holding on to weighing you down? There is so much that we carry in the weight of those things literally aren't worth it. Like the value proposition for the weight that you're carrying is insufficient. The third and final question that came to mind is, are you holding that thing for someone else? Maybe it's someone else's shame or guilt you feel associated with or some excuse or, you know, something that they placed on you? Like, are you carrying that for somebody else? If so, let it go. You know, some of the things that I've held on to for a very long time was guilt. Um, and I realized that so many of those things um, had nothing to do with me. Things that happened in my childhood, um, teenage years, things that I just felt like I had to make excuses for or create a story around because something wasn't as picture perfect as others would have expected or liked for it to be. But it had nothing to do with me. It was out of my control, you know, Um I had to let go of the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, right? I remember being told that, you know, you, you shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? You're going to should have all over the place. And I was like, oh my gosh, right? There's so many things that you could have done that didn't get done, right? You got to let those things go. Um, and then, of course, to the should have part, I had to let go of um, the decisions I've made out of lack. I, you know, didn't grow up with a lot of the luxuries that some people may have grown up with. And I know that, you know, the struggle is real for a lot of people. But in my early young adulthood, there were decisions that I made based on where I wanted to be and what I didn't have or what I didn't grow up with. So, you know, be it financial or emotional, I've made split decisions because I thought those would be the best decisions for me at the time, but I didn't think about the long term. And I've had to let go of the feeling of regret based on those decisions and be open to growing and learning really um, what it means to make a decision that will benefit me not only, you know, in the present, but in the future. 
Of course, like many people, I've had to let go of relationships, okay, that weren't designed for who? Me. (laughs) I feel like, you know, we've all been there. It's like, "Eh, you know, but that looks good on paper or, oh, he likes me or whatever the case may be. Um, And there's so much that we go through relationally. Sometimes you're like, you need to call it off or the other person calls it off. And those things happen for a reason. So those, you know, relationships I've had to let go. I've also had to let go of relationships. Well, friendships are relationships too. Well, I've had to let go of friendships that do not serve me. I am a giver, a nurturer, a protector, a provider, a guardian, all of these things. Um, they come naturally. People like to call me mama. I, I am no one's mom. I do have a dog. Shout out to Oatmeal. But even then, I don't like calling myself a dog mom, right? But I do have mama bear tendencies, if I am just being honest. And in a lot of my friendships, you know, I, I am a giver. And in a lot of them, I, I am a receiver too, right? I have good friends, but I've had friends who haven't been so good to me. And I've had to let that go because I've realized the impact that they've had on me and they didn't call me to a high level. Um, I couldn't help those people the way they needed to be helped. So, you know, they no longer served me. I also had to let go of the idea that I was not good enough or not enough in general. There is something so beautiful that, um, Pastor Mike, helped us to profess um, and, you know, what is it, speak over our lives that I am enough, I have enough, and I trust who the Most High has called me to be. And that is something that has helped me in my journey, right? If you are ever in a situation where you feel like you aren't good enough or aren't enough, you know, I challenge you to think about, like, what is that situation. And maybe that space is too small for you. You know, sometimes we go throughout life looking for validation. And number one, worth is an internal job or inside job. You can't go out there trying to figure out what your worth is and like, hey, how much do you think I'm worth? What do you think my value is? Oh my gosh. Funny story. I had someone tell me that, um, and this was Related to professional dealings and they asked me, so do you know your, your right? And we had a conversation around that and they were asking me around speaking and making appearances and things of that nature. So we had a conversation. It was like, oh, because, you know, I'm talking to X, Y, and Z and they know, they know their worth. And I said, wow, were you asking me about my worth? Were you asking me about my worth or were you asking me about my rate? Because those are two different things. Yes, value proposition is a real thing, but your worth is unquantifiable. Please do not get those two things twisted. All right, y'all? I also had to let go of comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy, growth, happiness, and so many other things. And I know a lot of people talk about comparison as it relates to this social age, but we have to be honest about how we are viewing others, what lens we're viewing them through. 
and whether or not we truly are comparing ourselves. I think a lot of people think that they're not, but they are measuring themselves up against others. And we got to pay close attention to those things because you don't want to cheat yourself out of your blessing and opportunity or whatever it may be because you're too busy looking at someone else. You know, we always say the grass isn't greener on the other side. If it is, it's probably fake, okay? You know all this fake grass they got out there in these streets, literally in these streets or on the lines, however you um you want to say it. But yeah, those are some of the things that I've had to let go. Um, and when I think about the experience I had on the subway recently, I am brought back to the idea that Letting go sometimes is a matter of life or death. You know, carrying things that weigh you down, not only will they slow you down, but they just may take you out. You know, there's only so much you can carry. You start to feel it in your shoulders and your head or however stress shows up for you. You may not get as far if you're carrying things for others or if there's things that you just cannot let go. At some point, you have to let go. You know, it's been hard for me to shake what I saw, but I am grounded by the conversation that I was able to have by that man, by the fact that I was able to get his belongings back to him, which was the ultimate goal. But at um, the time, I still couldn't shake the idea that I literally wanted the man who let go of the doors to immediately learn his lesson or be faced with some kind of difficulty because of the decision he made in that moment. I, I really was outraged and angered by him laughing, by him letting go of the door. And I really wanted something to happen to him. But then I had to challenge myself. I was like, Lydia, don't you curse nobody. You don't want that coming back on you. And I was like, okay. The goal was met. I chose the ladder and I really felt like I was on assignment. And in that, you know, I wanted to be able to share that moment. And, you know, of course, I wanted to protect um, the sacredy of that moment. But I also, you know, was it was also put on my heart to share that with you. So I challenge you to think about the things that you need to let go. I challenge you to put some things down this week that have nothing to do with you. Write a list of things that you need to let go of, things that you have let go of, and then clap for yourself for doing that work. But then work on the things that you need to let go. It takes time. None of the things that I mentioned were easy to do. You know, people come back around, you're like, hmm, okay, let's see if we can make it work. And it's like, eh, no, it's not going to work. Let it go, sis. Okay. Or, you know, um, memories come up and then you try to go through the motions of how you could have handled it or how you would handle it now. And the moment has passed, yet you're so in your head, but let it go. You know, those things happen all the time. The friendships, the relationships, the decisions, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, the comparisons, you know, the ideas of worth and things of that nature. 
when I think about my my tribe moment, I think about the act of surrendering and letting go. And in letting go, I believe it is the act of surrendering to who you are and where you are presently. At times it is so hard to surrender. We think about surrendering to the most high. And at times it's just not a matter of just giving in, but it is the belief in understanding that who you are is connected to something much more significant and is deeper than what it is that you are holding on to. So let go. Let go. I strongly believe that you owe it to yourself to loosen your grip and be open to what it is that it is that you desire because that thing desires you. I am smiling ear to ear because I most definitely have been blessed by my recent encounter with the man I met on that platform. And I hope that his story reaches you. I also am excited because I hope that this episode, the stop on the tour will be transformative for you. Please let me know. Connect with me on social at the Get My Life Tour at Lydia T. Blanco. And let me know. I challenge you to, um, you know, Hit me up. Let me know what you are letting go of. I will hold you accountable, vice versa. Shout outs to you for joining me on this stop and on the Get My Life Tour. It has been real. And until next time, peace.